So Judges chapter 9, this whole chapter here is not very uh, godly. <laughs> this whole chapter here is about Abimelech. And if you know anything about Abimelech, you've ever studied out Abimelech in the Bible, he's a great type of the Antichrist. And we're studying about the Antichrist in, in our Sunday school lessons. But the Antichrist, uh, the, uh, excuse me, Abimelech is a great type of the Antichrist. And Abimelech, and this whole chapter is about his, basically what he does. And it's very worldly. And as I was reading through this chapter, I started thinking, you know, there's, this whole chapter deals with the way the world works. And this is the way the world works. And, and I thought, let's go through this chapter, chapter 9 this morning, and let's look, and it'll give us a good idea of how the world works, because all this is very worldly, not very, not, hardly God's mentioned it all in here, uh, but you'll see God show up. Just like in the world, God shows up. The world don't see it, but He's there, and He's working behind the scenes. Now, to, to give you a background of what's going on here is, Gideon was a great man of God. He did a lot of great things, and he brought, he took down Baal worship, and he, he destroyed Baal worship, and he did a lot of great things. You need to read about Gideon. But when Gideon was on the earth, he had a lot of wives. And the Bible says there in chapter 8, verse 30, that Gideon had three score and ten sons of his body begotten, for he had many wives. That's 70 kids, guys. That's a, lot, that's a lot of kids. I know Joker comes from a big family, but that's even bigger than his family. That's a lot of, lot of kids, 70 kids. And he had one of the kids was from a concubine, and his name was Abimelech. But that, that wife was from, uh, was from a land called Shechem. And that's where we're at in verse 1. And then Gideon's passed away, and he has these 70 kids, and there was no king over Israel. Nobody was ruling over Israel. And here comes Abimelech, verse 1, and Abimelech, the son of Jeroboam. Now, Jeroboam was another name for Gideon. And Jeroboam stood for, stood for uh, he that contends with Baal. He's a contender with Baal. And that was a, Gideon's dad gave Gideon that name when Gideon threw down the altars of Baal. So if you see that name, Jeroboam, that's another name for Gideon. And Abimelech, the son of Jeroboam, went to Shechem, that was a land, unto his mother's brethren, and communed with them, and with all the family of the house of his mother's father, saying, Speak, I pray you, in the ears of all the men of Shechem, whether it's better for you, either that all the sons of Jeroboam, which is Gideon, which are threescore and ten persons, that's seventy, reign over you, or that one reign over you. He goes to him, he says, now listen, there's 70 of these kids of Gideon's, and would you want all of them reigning over you? You want me reigning over you. What's better for you? And that's how the world works. The world, at the, at the, with the world, it's not right or wrong. It's not about if it's right or wrong. It's if it's better for me. That's how the world works. The world doesn't have a moral compass, guys. The, the world, they get up in the morning, they don't say, well, what, what's right or wrong in God's eyes? It's, no, what's right, what, if it's better for me, that's what I'm going to do. And that's the way the world works. And that's the way Abimelech, he's appeasing them by that. He said, whether is it better for you? The world has no moral compass. And it, later on in Judges, we find out that they were doing what was right in their own eyes. Because there was no king in Israel. The Bible says they were doing what was right in their own eyes. Well, that's America we're living in. They're doing what's ever right in their own eyes. And they have no moral compass. You know, they'll tell you when you talk to them, say, well, well, what's right or wrong? And you know, when Jesus was before Pilate, Pilate told Jesus, well, what is truth? And then he turned around and walked off, you know. Well, what is truth? And that's what scientists and that's what professors in college will tell you. You know, they'll ask you, well, what is, well really, what is truth? I've already mentioned it this morning, but this is truth right here. This is 
of Bible believers, this is, should be a Christian's moral compass. This is your moral compass. This is what's right or wrong. And when this nation was created, when this great uh, country, America, was created, it was based on the laws out of this book. And as this nation's grown and fell into apostasy, they've gotten away from the laws of this book, and they started making up their own laws. This is your moral compass. Listen, guys, it doesn't matter what America says is right or wrong. It's what does God say is right or wrong. And what I mean by that is, is when the U.S. government, if they pass a law that says it's okay to be a homosexual or it's okay to be for homosexual marriage, that doesn't make a difference to me. It's still wrong. And they can pass that law all they want to. My Bible says what's right or wrong. This is my moral compass. And we need to get back to that. And what I know about what's right or wrong with the world is it changes. 50 years ago, 30 years ago, I know what was right, and it's changed to being wrong. And what was wrong 30 years ago, now they're telling me it's right. The world can't make their mind up if it's right or wrong to eat an egg. Have you noticed that? One, one week, coffee is the worst thing you can drink. The next week, everybody needs to be drinking coffee. You know what I found out? Just do what you want to do if it's right with the Bible, amen. If Just get, get this compass and follow this compass and everything, everything will be okay. But that's how the world works. Is it better for you? It is better for you. If you'll follow me, look at the end of verse 2. Remember also that I am of your bone and your flesh. So Abimelech, he says, it'd be better for you if I'm ruling over you. And remember, man, I'm one of your brothers. And that's how the world works. Blood, the world, say, the world likes to tell you, blood is thicker than water. Blood is thicker than water. It's all about taking care of your own family. That's not what Jesus Christ said. Jesus Christ said we need to be taking care of everybody. Amen. Your neighbor. Jesus Christ went so far as to say you need to not only love your family and love your neighbor. Jesus Christ said this, and I wish he wouldn't have ever said it, but he said you need to love your enemies. <laughs> I wish he wouldn't have said that. I wish, I wish he'd say, oh yeah, I hate your enemies. It's okay to hate you. But he didn't say that, right? Amen? Because he's holier than me and you. He said, I want you to love your enemies. And he puts a big importance on loving your... We're, the Lord teaches us that everybody's equal. It doesn't, make, it, doesn't, it doesn't make a difference if it's family or not. Everybody's equal. Working for the city, I found that out. They always put... They always, it's called nepotism. You're not allowed... If you work in the city, you're not allowed in the same department to hire somebody of your own family. So you can't have a family full of... A one department in the city full of uncles and, and brothers and stuff like that. They call it nepotism. So you can't, you can't do that. So what they do is when one family member gets in the city, then you'll see all the rest of their family members in all the other departments. So they might as well all be... They take care of each other. We're supposed to be taking care of each other. Amen. And that's what Brother Alvin says. Brother Alvin says, I thank the Lord that the Lord sent me such a good church family Amen. that loves me. That's a blessing. Amen. Now, I have an aunt, uh, my Aunt Jean, she, she, had, she had a massive heart attack. I didn't find out about it until a week later. You know why I didn't find out about it? Because I'm not on Facebook. <laughs> and if you're not on Facebook and doing this tech, I don't find out about anything, you know. So I found out a week later, and I went to visit her, and she was doing well. You know what I told her? I said, I praise the Lord Jesus Christ that you have, my Aunt Jean, has a good church family. Because even though I was stupid and I didn't know what was going on in her life, she had all her brothers and sisters at her home church praying for her. Because she shouldn't have made it through, and she was doing great. And I thank the Lord for that. I thank the Lord for a ch great church family. Guys, there's, the Bible says there's a brother, there's a, there's a friend that sticketh, sticketh closer than a brother. 
whenever Jesus Christ was talking to his disciples and talking to the people that were following him, that his mother, Mary, and some of his brothers, they came out and they were trying to find him. And they came and they told Jesus, hey, your mother and brother are outside looking for you. You know what Jesus Christ said? Who is my mother? Who is my brother? This is my mother. This is my brother. Amen. Yeah. Guys, sometimes up here in this church, we can be around us, we're around each other so much and we're praying for each other, we can get really, really close. Sometimes closer than family. But Abimelech was, that's not the world. The world looks at it like, you know, blood is thicker than water. I'm your bone and your flesh. Look at verse 3. And his mother's brethren spake of him in the ears of all the men of Shechem. All these words in their hearts inclined to follow Abimelech. For they said, he is our brother. So they decided, let's, let's take Abimelech and make him our brother, make him our king. In verse 4, and they gave him three score and ten pieces of silver. Now that's 70 pieces of silver. Out of the house of Belbereth, that's one of their gods, wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light persons which followed him. And he went unto his father's house at Ophrah, and he slew his brethren, the sons of Jeroboam, which is Gideon, being threescore and ten persons. He slew all seventy of his brothers upon one stone. Now, I want to point out to you, starting out there back at verse 4, it says they gave him threescore and ten pieces of silver. First, I want to point out to you, the world's all about money. And as soon as they find out Abimelech is who they want, they start giving Abimelech money. Does this not sound like one of the local politicians? I mean, as soon as somebody starts running for office, they start raising these fundraisers. And it, 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 it blows my mind to find out that somebody like Hillary Clinton could raise hundreds of millions of dollars to run for the president of the United States. People would just give money to her or to Trump or whoever it is. Just give them money. And that's the way the world, the world's all about money. But you know what else I've noticed about this? When you add two and two together, it says they gave him three score and ten pieces of silver. They gave him 70 pieces of silver. And he's going to go kill 70 of his brethren. One piece of silver for, per person. That's what the world thinks of you. The world thinks of you, you're just about worth one dollar. <laughs> yeah, the world thinks of you, you're, about, you're worth about one dollar to them. It's all about money, and when it comes to money in your life, you're worth about a dollar to them. That's the way the world looks at you. That's the kind of, that's the kind of sombering thought. And it says there at the end of verse 4, wherewith Abimelech hired vain and light persons which followed him. Vain and light, pers vain and light persons love to follow the Abimelechs of the world. The leaders of the world. Vain, that's somebody who sits around and always worried about how they look and how they appear to other people. That's somebody who's vain. And light, that's not light like that's shining up here. That's light like light like a feather. And what that's referring to is a vain and light person is somebody who's thinking about nothing but themselves, but when the, whew, the wind blows, they just blow with the wind. Whatever direction the wind's blowing, that's the direction they're following. That's the world. That's a lot of our politicians. That's a lot of the people who follow politicians. What do the polls say? Whatever the polls say, and whatever the latest polls say, that's how we're going to vote. Whatever the latest polls say, that's, how I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to preach on. I mean, that's what I'm going to talk on. That's, what I'm, that's a light person that's just following the winds of the world. You need to be grounded, Christian. You need to be grounded in the truth. Nothing should be able to move you when you have the Word of God. 
Nothing should change. It don't matter what they, they, whatever the U.S. government announces or whatever your friends start talking about or whatever they say. Well, that's not right to say that anymore. That's not wrong. Or that, we, we need to stop talking that way. No, I'm going to keep preaching the Word of God no matter what you say to me. If they say it's wrong to bring a Bible, well, my, my Word of God don't say that. I'm going to bring a Bible with me wherever I go. I'm grounded and firm, and I'm going to stand firm. I'm not going to be a light person that's blown from here to there, wherever the wind blows. Middle of verse 5, And upon one stone, notwithstanding yet Jotham, the youngest son of Jeroboam, was left, for he hid himself. So the youngest son of Gideon was able to get away from Abimelech when he was killing all his other brothers. Verse 6, And all the men of Shechem gathered together in all the house of Milo and went and made Abimelech king by the plain of the pillar that was in Shechem. So they make Abimelech king. So let's see what happens. Verse 7, And when they told it to Jotham, that's the, that's the son that's left, he went and hid himself. He went and stood in the top of Mount Gerizim and lifted up his voice and cried and said unto them, Hearken unto me, ye men of Shechem, that God may hearken unto you. You know what I know about the world is, is God always leaves one witness to preach His Word. God always has one witness that's preaching His Word. And you find it all through the Bible. Everybody else might be destroyed, but God always leaves one person to preach the Word, to preach the truth. And what, is, what does Jotham do? He, he doesn't go and he doesn't hide. In, he doesn't write a little letter and, and send it to all the local newspapers. He goes up on the mountain. He starts crying up on the mountain. Hey, listen to what God has for you. He's preaching the Word of God. That's why I put up importance on going street preaching. I really believe in that. Go out and stand on the corner and hold up gospel signs. You know, I like to get out there and I like to preach the Word of God. The Bible says I like to preach it because they're not hearing it anywhere else. Somebody needs to be standing on the mountaintop preaching and crying out the words of God. That's our job, guys. It don't, it's not just for a preacher. It's for every believer to be telling the truth and to be crying out. And God always leaves a witness. Let's listen and, excuse me, let's read what he has to cry out to Jotham. He gives him a, I mean, Jotham cries out to Abimelech and he gives him a parable. Look at verse 8. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them. And they said unto the olive tree, rain, over, rain thou over us. But the olive tree said unto them, Should I leave my fatness wherewith? By me that they honor God and man and go to, the, go to be promoted over the trees. And the tree, the, excuse me, and the tree said to the fig tree, Come thou and reign over us. But the fig tree said unto them, Should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit and go to be promoted over the trees? Then, then said the trees unto the vine, Come thou and reign over us. And the vine said unto them, Should I leave my wine which cheereth God and man and go to be promoted over the trees? So he's given three trees and he's given the parable and the illustration that the trees are going to the, the good trees and they're saying, hey, you reign over us. And the, other, the trees, of the fig tree and the olive tree and the vine tree, they're basically saying, why would I want to be, take a promotion? I mean, take a, it'd be like I'd have to take a step, it'd be a step down for me to be king. I'm already doing all this good stuff for everybody else. Why would I want to be, uh, take a lesser position? That's what these trees are saying. Verse 14. Then said all the trees unto the bramble, Come thou and reign over us. And the bramble said unto the trees, If in truth ye anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow, and if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Now, when he gives this parable, he says, 
now they went to the bramble. Now that bramble was a little thorny bush, just like a shrub. And it had thorns all over it, but it had a real pretty flower to it. So it looked kind of pretty, but when you got up closer, it was full of thorns. And what he's pointing out to him is Abimelech is the bramble. Yeah, he got, he's got a real pretty look to him, but when you get up real close to him, you get to know him, he's real thorny. And he's showing out, he's pointing out to him that whenever you, they asked the bramble to do that, they said, come thou reign over us. I want to point out to you, that's what the world does. The world loves to put the brambles over them. The, the world loves to take the brambles and put them in leadership, in leadership positions, positions. Some of the worst people I see have been the President of the United States, especially lately. I mean, I know a lot of y'all voted for Trump, but that guy is a joke. I don't see how quiet is getting in here. I mean, you would trust him around your daughter? You would trust, you know, the guy, I know he does some good things, amen? I mean, I, I appreciate what he did with Israel. I mean, I appreciate that. But the guy is, is, is he's kind of a scumbag, isn't he? I mean, you've heard what he said about women. They got him on a video, what he said about, I mean, you see how he conducts himself. I mean, he, I wouldn't let him teach Sunday school here. If, if, if Trump was to walk in here and just off the streets and I was to listen to him talk, and I said, uh, what do you know about the Bible? Well, I know a lot about number two Corinthians. You know a lot about number two Corinthians? Yeah. What's your, fa what's your favorite verse? Well, I know the Bible better than anybody. Well, give me a favorite verse. Well, I, I just, it's all favorite to me. Well, give me a favorite verse. And then he quotes something that's not in the Bible. Being awfully quiet in here. That's a bramble, guys. That's the best person we, that this world wants to put above them to rule this world, to rule, rule the best, greatest country in America. Obama? You want me to get in on him? Y'all all start amen in that, right? Amen, amen. Hey, listen, that, that's a bunch of brambles. That's who the world picks. Amen. amen. When, the, when the brambles die in this world, man, they make big news about it. And they, they, oh, it's the biggest news. But when somebody godly dies, you can barely find anything about it. They barely mentioned uh, Billy Graham. They hardly talked about him. That was one of the greatest men to ever raise up in America. The, yeah. And they barely just mentioned him. Listen, they love to put the brambles over them. Come now, reign over us. You're a bramble. You got thorns. Come reign over us. And that's the way the world looks at it. Verse 16, Now therefore, if you have done truly and sincerely in that you have made Abimelech king, and if you have dealt well with Jeroboam in his house and have done unto him according to the deserving of his hands. Talking about Gideon. Look at verse 17. For my father, that's Gideon, fought for you and adventured his life for Far and delivered you out of the land of, excuse me, the hand of Median. And you are risen up against my father's house this day, and have slain his sons, threescore and ten persons, upon one stone, and have made Abimelech, the son of his maidservant, king over the men of Shechem, because he is your brother. If ye then have dealt truly and sincerely with Jeroboam and with his house this day, then rejoice ye in Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you. But, there's always a but. If not, let fire come out from Abimelech. Jotham says something of truth. He gives them the parable and then he says, let me explain what I just told you. He said, if you did the right thing by killing all the sons of Gideon, except for me, and putting Abimelech on there, then let's rejoice, everything's good. But if you did the wrong thing, let fire come out of Abimelech. Amen. And devour the men of Shechem and the house of Milo, and let fire come out from the men of Shechem and from the house of Milo, and devour Abimelech. 
I hope y'all destroy each other. That's what he said. And that's a prophecy, guys. And that's going to take place later on, and we're going to read it together. If you stick around with me, we're going to read it together. That's going to take place. Verse 21, And Jotham ran away and fled and went to Beer and dwelt there for fear of Bimelech and his brother. Bimelech, his brother, excuse me. So Jotham, after he preaches the word of God, he preaches, he tells them exactly how he feels about it, well, he takes off, you know. We look at the very next verse, verse 22. When Abimelech had reigned three years over Israel. I'm going to point out a great truth to y'all this morning. God gives a judgment on something, and it doesn't always happen overnight. And men, the world tends to think, well, God, that judgment's not going to take place because it didn't happen. It didn't happen tonight. It didn't happen the next day. It didn't happen the next week. And they start thinking, exactly like Abimelech and his crew, they hear Jotham and he's, he's preaching the word of God and he, they, he brings a curse down on them and then he takes off and then the next day they wake up and nothing's changed. The next week they wake up and nothing changes. A year goes by and nothing changes. Two years goes by and nothing changes. And they start thinking, well, God's not going to do nothing about this. Evidently, Abimelech did the right thing. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 11 says, Because a sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the hearts of, heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. Because they don't get the sentence against them right, against them right there. The reason why this world is so wicked in America is that we're not taking people that are wicked and hanging them out in front of everybody. And people aren't getting the sentence done right in front of them. Even when somebody does something really wicked, we go send them off way off somewhere else. And we, don't, and we might hear about them. They might get sentenced to death. They, they might get the lethal injection. But nobody ever sees it. Nobody ever, it's, it's out of sight, out of mind. But when these rapists and murderers, if we was to take them into the front of the courthouse square and hang them up high from a, from a tree, and where you could take your kids there and you say, see that guy right there? He was a murderer and a rapist. And that's what happens to murderer and rapist. I think our prisons would be a whole lot less packed. But not, there's, no, no, there's no execution speedily in America. They sit around, and then when they're there for 40 years, then we let them out on good... Man, it's getting quiet in here again. Man, I, I mean, I know I'm a little radical, but I'm talking about getting the truth out there. We're living in a country they don't even spank their kids. Amen. People aren't even spanking their kids. Good night. We're not even spanking our kids. We think we're going to do some, we're going to execute something on them real quick. See, God is merciful. God is long-suffering. And because of that, men take advantage of him. Amen. But there's a payday someday. Amen. And it is coming. And the world thinks it's not coming, but it is coming. And three years later, when everybody's, maybe they've even forgot about Jotham. Oh, who even knows who Jotham is? Uh-oh. Verse 23. Then God sent an evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. Notice, notice, God, not the devil, God sent an evil spirit. God's hand starts moving. And when God starts moving, things start happening. And he sends an evil spirit. If you want to see this happen in full details of how this could happen, turn, don't turn this morning, but go home and read 1 Kings chapter 22. But God can send an evil spirit and, and send a lying spirit, and he can start working on in nations that way. And that's how he does with Abimelech. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. That's the way the world is. The world deal, deals treacherously with each other. That's how the world is. The world treats each other just 
treacherously. The world's out to get each other. And they turn each other and they stab each other in the back. And that's exactly what you're about to read here. Look at verse 24. That the cruelty done to the, th the threescore and ten sons of Jeroboam might come, and their blood be laid upon Abimelech their brother, which slew them, and upon the men of Shechem, which aided him in the killing of his brethren. And the men of Shechem set liars in wait for him in the top of the mountains, and they robbed all that came along the way by them. And it was told Abimelech. So these men of Shechem, they start like, kind of like a Robin Hood type thing. When they have the, 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 the goods are going up on this mountain, they're robbing those goods and, and, and hurting Abimelech's, uh, where Abimelech is living. In verse 26, And Gael, the son of Ebad, came from, with his brethren and went over to Shechem. And the men of Shechem put their confidence in him. They're, they're turning on each other. The world stabs each other in the back all the time. You see it in politics, you see it at, if you work anywhere in the world, you see it at your workplace, you see it among your family. They stab each other in the back all the time. When somebody's not around, they're talking bad about them. When they show up, they're, oh, how are you doing? It's going great. And as soon as they walk off, they I hate that guy. They're stabbing each other in the back. We ought not to be that way, Christian. <laughs> but we are. Amen. Thank you, sister. We are like that about each other. We ought not to be that way. Jesus Christ said, they'll know you're my disciples for the love you have one for another. Amen. Do we have the love we should have for one another? In this church, in this community, in this country, in this state, we should love each other. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we should have a love for each other. The world stabs each other in the back. Amen. Verse 27. They went out into the fields and gathered their vineyards and trolled the grapes and made merry and went into the house of their God and did eat and drink and cursed Abimelech. So what I want to point out there, you'll see it right there, is that the world's way of fun is to get drunk and curse people. Let's just get drunk and curse people. That's the world's way of having fun because they were having it merry. And what the world does is they try to, make it, they try to do all this in the name of their religion. They love to get together, drink, and just curse people. And a lot of times they'll do it in the name of the religion. If it's Islam or whatever religion it is, you name it, and they'll just curse somebody. And they'll get drunk and they're just drinking all the time, all in the name of their religion. And the religion might not be what you think it is. Their religion might be <coughs> sports. It might be TV. It might be science. There's all kinds of religions in the world. They don't call it religion, but it is defined as a religion because they give all their time, their money, their heart, and they worship it just like a god. Amen. And they go to their house. See there in verse 27? And they went into the house of their god. See, this, this is what I like. I know this is just a building, but I like to call This is kind of the house of my god right here. Amen. I've set this building apart for my god, the Lord God. Jesus Christ, and I come in here and I sing praises to him, I preach to him, I, we, we pray to him in here. This is kind of separated out for him. And the world has their houses of their gods. Amen. The bars and the honky-tonks and all their places they don't. See, there was a family me and my wife know in town, and every Sunday they wouldn't go to church, they had nothing to do with God, they didn't care nothing about God, but every Sunday their whole family got together and they went to a, a little place in Brownwood called the Red Wagon. Every Sunday. That's where you'd find them. Every Sunday morning they'd go eat breakfast there. Every Sunday morning. Breakfast at the church, and we called it the Church of the Red Wagon. 
to the point where when we go by there, we, there's the Church of the Red Wagon. And my wife came up with that little name. They're at the Church of the Red Wagon. Amen. That's the world. That's the way the world works. You're worshiping something. The world is worshiping something. They, they don't like to call it that. They don't think, but that's what they're doing. And that's what they're doing here. And they're cursing Abimelech. Verse 28, And Gail, the son of Ebad, said, Who is Abimelech? And who is Shechem? That we should serve him. Is not, the, not, is not he the son of Jeroboam, which is Gideon, and Zebul his officer? Serve the men of Hamar, the father of Shechem, for we would, why should we serve him? So they're starting to turn on each other, and he's saying, Who is this Abimelech? You know, he's the son of Gideon. We need to serve our old fathers here in Shechem. We don't need to be serving Abimelech. So that's what Gail is saying. So Gail is turning on him. Look at verse 29. And why and would to God, this people were under my hand, then would I remove Abimelech. And he said to Abimelech, increase thine army and come out. So he's getting drunk and he's getting, been drinking a lot and he starts really boasting. And that's what the world loves to do. He starts boasting and says, well, well, I know, where's Abimelech? Bring his army out. I'll whip him. We don't need Abimelech over us. And this, Gale, this guy named Gale, he's really, he's really boasting a lot, isn't he? He's really, that's what the world loves to do. They love to boast. They love to write checks with their mouth that they never intend on cashing. <laughs> yeah. I hear it and see it. Well, I know, brother. I tried to clean it up. They're writing, checks that they're, they're writing checks with their mouth that they never intend on cashing. Now, guys, I know most of y'all have phones and most of y'all are on the Internet. I see this on the Internet all the time. With a right, they're saying stuff with their mouth, they're typing stuff in, and they never intend to cash those checks. Well, I'll tell you this. They, always they talk a big game and they boast all over the Internet. But if you run to them face to face, they're a totally different person. That's getting old. I'm getting tired of it. I'm up to here with it. We need more men in this country. Amen. To turn off the Facebook, turn off Twitter, and be men. Look each other in the face and say what they want to say to each other. Amen. But that's the way the world works. They love to boast. They love to, oh, well, if it was me, I'll tell you what I would do. And if he came in this room, I'll tell you, I, I've seen that at, at that break room all the time. They'll be in the break room. Well, I'll tell you what, I've seen this guy. I, I, I'm going to whip him. I'm going to do that. And then he'll come in the room. And you'll say, that guy, just be quiet. You don't know how bad, Joker, you don't know how bad I want to say. Well, there he is right there. I thought you said you wanted to whip him. <laughs> but I don't. I'm Blessed are the peacemakers, amen. Blessed are the peacemakers. Amen. I, I want to, though, just because it would be fun to see them rolling around, you know. But that's the world we live in, guys. They love to boast. You don't need to be boasting. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. Nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring, Amen. We're just a grass. We're just going to fade away. We need to do what we're going to do today. Let's see what happens here in verse 30. When Zebul, the ruler of the city, heard the words of Gael, the son of Ebed, his anger was kindled. So he hears, Zebul hears Gael saying all this because he's there at that party. So he sends to Abimelech. Verse 30. And he sent messengers unto Abimelech privately saying, Behold, Gael, the son of Ebed, and his brethren be come to Shechem. And behold, they fortify the city against thee. Now therefore up by night, thou and thy people that is with thee, lie and wait in the field. And it shall be that in the morning, as soon as the sun is up, thou shalt rise early and sit upon the city. And behold, when he, that's Gael, and the people that is with him come out against thee, then mayest thou do to them as thou shalt find occasion. So he's ratting out. See, see Zebul is ratting out Gael. 
They said, well, he's talking bad about you. He's trying to bring, so hey, you need to come down here and you need to whip him. See, that's the world, man. <laughs> Just gossiping and whispering in each, whispering in each other's ears. <laughs> Christian, we ought not to be that way. Amen. But we are that way. Amen. We, uh, brother, because nobody, you don't talk to nobody, brother. But your cats. And your cats can't tell what you're telling them, you know. But we are like that. And we need to, we need to stop that. Amen. We need to stop that busybodying and gossiping. Amen. See, we're looking at these people and saying, they're so bad. We're bad too. Amen. Amen. Verse 34. Uh, this, is one of, this is the whole reason I preached this message right in here. And Abimelech rose up and all the people that were with him by night. And they laid wait against Shechem in, in four companies. And Gael the son of Ebad went out and stood in the entering of the gate of the city. And Abimelech rose up and the people that were with him from lying in wait. Now, so Gael gets up in the morning and Abimelech's out there. See, he's out there just like, Gale, just like Zabul told him. And he's out there hiding out. Abimelech's going to get Gael. So Gael comes out of the city. And he's coming out of the city. And look at what he says there. Verse 36. And when Gael saw the people, he said to Zabul. Gail turns to Zabul, the one that ratted him out. Hey, behold, there come people down from the top of the mountains. And Zabul said unto him, Ah, thou seest the shadow of the mountains as if they were men. And Gail spake again and said, See, there come people down by the middle of the land. And another company come along by the plain of Menonium. He said, No, no, no. He, he comes out and Gail goes, Hey, look up there at that mountain. I think I see some, there's a bunch of men moving up on that mountain. And, and Zabul's there, and he goes, ah, no, nah, you're just seeing the shadows. The sun's coming that way. You're just seeing shadows up there. And Gail goes, no, 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 no. I see men, and they're moving through that valley right in there. That's the way the world works. See, Gail is seeing the truth. His payday's coming, see. And Bimlech's out there. Bimlech's about to get him. And he sees the truth, and the world does what the world does. And the world says, nah. No, that's, you're, not, you're, just, you're fooling yourself. I, I, think, uh, I think I really think I'm going to become a Christian. I think Jesus Christ is the way. I think, I've been going to church, and I've been listening to the preacher, and he's been preaching, and I'm, it's really starting to... No, oh, man, don't, don't be one of them Bible thumpers. No, you're not falling for that. You're not becoming one of them religious fanatics, are you? That's what, that's what the world does to you. That's what the world does. Even when the world, even when you are in the world and you're starting to see the truth, oh man, I think God's out to get me. <laughs> I think God's judgment's about to come down on me. I'm a sinner. I know it. I'm feeling God's judgment. Nah, 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 man. You don't falling for that fairy tale. That's fairy tales and fables. Don't start falling for that, Gail. Is that? Uh huh. There's a payday someday. And that's the way the world, and it's our job to say, no, man, Gail, it is true. Judgment is coming. Yes. And look what happens in the very next verse. Then said Zabul unto him, whenever Gail figured it out that there were people there. Then Zabul, Zabul said to Gail, where is now thy mouth? Wherewith thou saidest, who is Abimelech that we should serve him? Is not this the people that thou hast despised? Go out, I pray now, and fight with them. <laughs> Zavul just did what I was saying I wanted to do in the break room. Well, there he is right there. You were just running your mouth just the other night. I heard you. And you were running your mouth that you were going to whip him. There he is. Good luck. Go out there and whip him. That's exactly what Zabul just told Gail. Where's your mouth now? Big mouth. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's what's going to happen to a lot of these atheists and scoffers. There is no God. If there was a God, let lightning come down and strike me. You've, I've heard it from people all the time like that. And you, you hear them, and we all jump back. And, of course, lightning don't come down, amen? And we don't see nothing happen, and we're like, man, I, I can't believe lightning just didn't strike you. Oh, I don't believe in God. He can strike me dead. I don't care. And they're boasting and scoffing and laughing. And then one day, God shows up. Amen. And they're, uh, they, uh, their heart just gives out on them, and, they, oh, and their soul goes up, and there they are, standing before a holy God. Amen. And the Bible says that old Belshazzar's knees just smoked together. He was so scared when he seen the handwriting on the wall. And you're going to see God. And God's going, where's your boasting? I thought you said you wanted to see me. Here I am, face to face. Amen. There's a payday someday. Amen. Where's your boasting? Where's your big mouth at? I thought you were saying this, that, and another. Guys, I know we're having to listen to it and read it on the internet and read it in the paper and listen to it on the news media and hear some of our friends and our relatives they scoff and they make fun of us and they, they laugh at us. But you know what? There's going to come a day where every mouth is stopped. Amen. Romans chapter 3. Every mouth is stopped and they stand before a holy God. Verse 39. And Gail went out before the man of Shechem and fought with Abimelech. So he, go, he goes out there. He had no choice. He's got to fight. And Abimelech chased him and he fled before him. And many were overthrown and wounded even unto the entering of the gate. And Abimelech dwelt in Aramal, and Zebul thrust out Gel and his brethren, that they should not dwell in Shechem. Zebul was the one he was drinking with. Zebul and Gel were drinking together, and then Zebul heard what Gel said, and he went and told Abimelech. And then Zebul takes Gel when Gel comes back in the city, and, and Zebul pushes Gel out and says, Get out of here. The one you're drinking with is the one that's going to turn his back on you the next day. Amen. The guy you're getting drunk with today is the one that will ca cash you out tomorrow, is what I have written down here. Amen. Amen. All these guys you're drinking with and living it up and partying, when you get into real trouble, they're going to disappear. They're going to be like vapors. And you're going to say, where's all my friends? That's what I like being in a good church. A church that has unconditional love. Amen. Where no matter if you really, really mess up, they're going to say, you know what, you shouldn't have done that, but we still love you. And you need to get right with God, but we still love you. We're going to get, help you get, and not just disappear on you. You find out who your real friends are when you're in trouble. I've had, I've had some of the most wicked, I, I won't repeat it up here, wicked, evil things said about me in Brownwood, Texas. And I know this guy, he, heard, I, he must have heard something about it. I know he did. And me and my wife seen him, and he's been so nice to me. And I seen him the other day at a restaurant, and he wouldn't even look at me. And I said, hey, what are you doing up there? He just, and I went and sat at my table and I told my wife, I guess he's not my friend anymore. Praise God I got good friends to the Lord. Amen. Because <laughs> the world, man, they just cast you out. Zebul thrust out Gel and his brethren that they should not dwell in Shechem. And it came to pass on the morrow that the people went out into the field and they told Abimelech and he took the people and they divided them into three companies and laid wait in the field and looked. And behold, the people were come forth out of the city and he rose up against them and smote them. And Abimelech and the company that was with him rushed forward and stood in the entering of the gate of the city and the two other companies ran upon all the people that were in the fields and slew them. 
And Abimelech fought against the city all that day. So he's getting a hold of Gail, and he's getting a hold of Gail and killing him and trying to get a hold of Gail. Well, then after he does that, guess what he does? He turns on that same city that Gail just come out of, that where Zabul's at. The one that, Zabul's his friend, right? Zabul's the one that told him, hey, this guy's talking bad about you. Abimelech turns around, and Abimelech fought against the city all that day, and he took the city, and he slew the people that were there, was therein, and beat down the city and sold it. With salt. That way they can't plant any more crops there. He put salt in the fields. They can't plant any more crops. The world is a cruel place. The world is cruel, guys. Even after Zebul gave him all the information and cast out Gael, Abimelech still went and killed him. Destroyed the city. The world's a cruel place. <laughs> I, y all, y all, the people love the world and oh, the, the world's my friends and they always tell me the truth you're, you're full of yourself the world's lying to you and the world's telling you what you want to hear and they're going to cast you out and as soon as you do something good for them they'll just turn around and stab you back and if they get a chance they'll kill you mm -hmm. uh huh I haven't always grown up in church friends I haven't always been a preacher I lived a very, very wicked life in the world for years and years and years. I know exactly how the world acts. I know exactly how they think. And I've had them do it to me. And I used to do it to others. Yes. That's how the world works right there. The world's cruel. But Jesus Christ is not cruel. Praise the Lord for that. And neither are God's people if they're living right. Neither are God's people if they're living right. If they're living right. Verse 46, And when all the men of the tire of Shechem heard that, they entered into, the, into a hold of the house of the god of Bereth. So then they run off and they go hide in this, this a tower that, for their god. Verse 47, It was told Abimelech that all the men of the tire of Shechem were gathered together. And Abimelech got him up into Mount Zalman, he, he and all the people that were with him. And Abimelech took an axe in his hand and cut down a bow. From the trees, he took, cut down a tree limb and took it and laid it on his shoulder. And he said unto the people that are with him, What ye have seen me do, make haste and even do as I have done. And all the people likewise cut down every man his bow, his tree limb, and followed Abimelech and put them to the hold and set the hold on fire upon them. So Abimelech goes out into the forest and he cuts down a limb and he grabs a limb and goes, Everybody, y'all do... What ye have seen me do, make haste and do as I have done. The world wants you to do and act just like they act. Amen. And that's what they'll tell you. You need to act like me. You need to dress like me. You need to think like me. And when the world dresses like a certain way and acts a certain way and thinks a certain way, it all the time goes against this book right here. Amen. Every time. Jesus Christ said, That that is highly esteemed among men... Is abomination to God. That's what Jesus said. So all the stuff you see in the world that's highly esteemed, that's abomination to God. But the world wants you to follow them and act like them and walk like them and talk like them and think like them and be robots just like them. My professor said, my science teacher said, the Discovery Channel said, A&E said, doo -doo -doo -doo, just like little robots. They can't think for themselves. And they call us sheep. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm a sheep because I have a great shepherd named Jesus Christ. But you're a robot because you're man-made. 
and you don't have a maker. I have a shepherd that will take care of me. Thank the Lord for that. Amen, brother. Verse 49, And all the people likewise cut down every man his bow and followed Abimelech and put them to the hold and look and set the hold on fire upon them. So that all the men of the tower of Shechem died also, about a thousand men and women. That fulfills a prophecy of Jotham. Jotham said, let fire come out of Abimelech and destroy you. And that's exactly what Abimelech did. He set a fire on them and burned them up. Woo-wee. God has a way of fulfilling his prophecy. Amen. And it's a scary thing. And it didn't, ha- it didn't take place until about three and a half years later. But it took place, amen. That's what I'm pointing out. It took place. Verse 50, then went Abimelech to Thebaz. And let's find out what happens to Abimelech. And they camped against Thebaz and took it. So here he is, Abimelech, still trying to conquer everywhere. But there was a strong tower within the city. And thither fled all the men and women. This is the same thing that just happened. They all start, they flee to their little tower they have set up in the city. And all they of the city and shut it to them and got them up on the top of the tower. So Abimelech comes up in verse 52. And Abimelech came into the tower and fought against it. And went hard unto the door of the tower to burn it with fire. He's going to do exactly what he did to the last tower that we just read about. Look what happens this time though. And a certain woman. It's always a certain woman. Amen. Amen. It's always a certain woman. (laughs) Y'all ladies are dangerous. (laughs) Y'all ladies are just dangerous, man. I'm just now finding it out, brother. It It took me reading my Bible to figure it out, but... A certain woman, it wasn't a man, I guess a man didn't have the guts to do this. A certain woman cast a piece of a millstone upon Abimelech's head and all to break his skull. She's sitting on top of that tire and she sees Abimelech over there trying to put that fire, start that fire and she takes that millstone, probably used it to make some good bread or something and she just goes, whoop, and it goes, whoop, and hits him right in the head. Verse 54. Then he called hastily unto the young man his armor-bearer and said unto him, Draw thy sword and slay me, that men say not of me, a, a woman slew him. <laughs> and his young man thrust him through and he died. This old Bimelech trying to conquer the world. And he's looking down. He's building a fire. What worked yesterday is going to work today, guys. Let's get this fire going. Y'all follow me. I'll show you how to live. I'll show you how to act. Let's burn these people up. And book. And he tells his armor bearer, Hey, I don't want to look bad in front of all my friends. And I don't want them to say a woman slew me, so kill me with a sword. You know what's funny about that? A hundred years later in the Bible, they say a woman slew him. He didn't get out of it. But the point I'm trying to make to you is, even, and this is how the world thinks, the, more wor- the world's more worried about what a man thinks about him than what God thinks. Amen. He's not laying there about to die thinking, I need to get right with God. I need to get right, I got a lot of sins, I've done some things I shouldn't do. He's like, I'm more worried about what my friends are going to say about me. How many men and women lay on their deathbed and they need to be getting right with God. And the word, instead of getting right with God and receiving Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior, what will my friends say about me? Who cares what your friends say about you? What about God? Even unto death, people are worried about what men will say about them. Christians, stop worrying about what the world thinks. I know they make fun of us. I know they laugh at us. I know, I know sometimes they, we look stupid. Sometimes, oh, the Noah's Ark, that couldn't have happened. Blah, blah. They always run in their mouth. Listen, just let God handle that. 
I'm worried about, more worried about what God has to say about me. Amen. Don't be like Abimelech. And I want to close, and this is real quick. I want to close real quick in verse 55, and we'll be done. And when the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, they departed every man unto his own place. So they're there and they're sitting there and they see Abimelech's died and the stones and they're like, well, let's go back to where we were. And the point I want to make out to you is when you follow worldly people, it will take you away from the place you belong. Amen. See, they shouldn't have been there. They should have been in their own place, but they were following Abimelech. And when they realized that Abimelech was dead, they departed every man unto his place. You have a place. You have a place with God. You have a place with Jesus Christ. You have a place called heaven. He's made for you. And if you're following the world, you're never going to get to that place. I'm awaiting, brother. The Bible says there's a way, because I've shown you all the ways of the world, right? I mean, there's a lot of ways of the world I've just shown you. And I'm pointing out to you in closing, I'm pointing out to you in closing that that was all the ways of the world. And the Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. That's what Abimelech learned. Instead of following the ways of God, he got greedy and jealous and he said, I want to be a king. And he said, whatever it takes, if I have to destroy people, and he ended up destroying 70 lives. And then he became wicked and then the world turned on him and then he got treacherous and then he got cruel and then he was killing and he was going to kill women and children. And a, a certain woman fulfilled God's will and dropped the stone on him. And while he's laying there, he still, instead of that moment, he could have followed the ways of God. And he decided to still follow the ways of the world and say, I don't want to look like a fool in front of my friends. Slay me with the sword. I don't want them to say a woman slew me. He wants to hide the truth because a woman did slay him. Amen. The truth, friends, shall make you free. Amen. And Jesus Christ is the truth. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing, because I bowed my head, knowing I'm a sinner, and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.